Hey, everybody, it is Trags Mike Petralia back with this week's episode of the Jungle War podcast here on the YouTube network, as well as everywhere you download your favorite podcast. This week, I welcome back Jay Morrison of The Athletic, doing a great job, a phenomenal job covering the Cincinnati Bengals as well as the NFL for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Morrison, A T H, all one word. Welcome back, Jay. Hey, Trags, how are you? Uh, good. I had a good bye week. Um, got a lot of golf in, as I mentioned to James Rapine on WLW on Monday night. I actually took in some basketball, some college basketball, nice. did some uh, college football, UC, nip at night on Friday night. I got around. I enjoyed it. was active, but I'm ready for the NFL to return. I, I stunned myself and installed a garbage disposal at my daughter's Ooh. new place that she bought. I wasn't <laughs> sure I was going to be able to do it. It said 30 minutes. It was more like an hour and a half, but I got it done and it works. And so that's something. I Did can you actually off. have to turn off the power in the house? Yeah. Did you do all of that? And I'm yeah. impressed, Jay. That is <laughs> very, very impressive. For those that don't know, I'm an electrical engineer by um, oh. discipline, believe it or not, a communications minor from Villanova University. <laughs> Uh, rough start for our uh, Wildcats, by the way, but that's a different podcast. Um, the Bengals hope to get off to a good start here in the second half of the season, the unofficial second half. Uh, obviously, game number 10 coming up against Pittsburgh Steelers. In game number one, Jay, everybody recalls what happened. Joe Burrow just um, really a month off an appendectomy, was back on the maybe six weeks off the appendectomy in late July. Uh, came out and turned the ball over five times, four interceptions and the fumbled snap. Uh, it was rough to say the least, but still the Bengals had that chance to win that game multiple times in the fourth quarter in overtime. We know about what happened with Clark Harris, but in that game, I thought TJ Watt got off to a great start and that yeah. really disrupted uh, the Bengals offense, at least in the first half of that game. They really never got on track until the second half. Yeah, and he just so happens to be back now, T.J. Watt does, as the first game back last mm -hmm. week. So uh, L.C. Collins and the rest of that O-line should be on notice. Um, I mean, that's how Pittsburgh's going to win this game. They're they're not going to win a shootout with the Bengals. They're going to have to do it with that defense again. And, um, yeah, you, I mean, T.J. Watt is at the start of it. And I, so many people, I think, kind of downplayed the appendectomy. I think it was a big deal and not just the physical recovery, but all that time he missed, they knew or had a sense of what teams were going to do to them uh, this year with and not, not letting Jamar beat him over the top and playing the too high. And they just didn't get the practice reps going against that. And, and Joe Burrow didn't get the recognition reps of what he was seeing. Um, I think it was a bigger deal than, than people let on. And that's not to make excuses. It's just what it was. Um, impressive what this team has done. Impressive what Joe Burrow has done um, since those first two losses. You look at every every metric you want to look at from week three to, to present. He's top 10, if not top five in all of them first series of that game though uh somebody who picked him off and played a huge factor in that game will not be playing this sunday we we presume uh he will miss his second game coming off an appendectomy and that of course is pro bowl uh free safety minka fitzpatrick he will not be uh in the steelers back uh back uh, secondary i should say along with akello witherspoon um the uh left cornerback he is expected to probably miss the game as well um at least 
going to be very much a question mark. Those two aren't in there. Those were two players who played in week one. What kind of impact do you think that'll make, especially Fitzpatrick? Yeah, huge. I just, I have so much respect for him and I'm not ruling him out yet. I'll, I'll believe it's Sunday when I see the inactive list. I just, I wouldn't put it by that guy. We've seen guys come back from appendectomy sooner than Joe did because Joe had his burst and he had the infection and it was a, is a much more severe thing. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, you're right. The presumption is that that Minka is not going to play and that just, he, he's such a big part of that defense. And um, I don't, I don't know what Pittsburgh will do. I would imagine they will play even more conservative. Yes, you don't want to blitz Joe Burrow. He kills the blitz. The, the way you beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals is, is to get pressure with your front four, and I think Pittsburgh can do that. This Bengals offensive line has gotten better, but they're not. They're still not there yet. Not, nobody would would say they're they're great by any stretch of the imagination and you're talking about tj watt back and high smith and and cam hayward and yeah they can wreak havoc with that front four and and that makes life a lot easier on whoever and i'm sorry i don't have the depth chart here in front of me but but whoever that that safety would be that would fill in for Minka if he's out um it's that's how they're gonna win this game is with that front four and mink is such a a difference maker when he makes those the pick six that you're talking about you know what was it second play of the game second or first yeah, play of the game I can't play. remember um you know you that Steelers may not have that but if they can just keep everything in front of them and force the Bengals to work the way down the field it's going to be a typical Bengals Steelers game at Heinz Field I feel where it's going to be low scoring it's going to be cold it's going to be the team that runs the ball better um I, I a lot of people are counting the Steelers out I think the Bengals win this game I wouldn't lay the points. I think this is going to be a really tight, really hard fought contest. You know, even if Mika doesn't play in that game. Also, we all remember what happened on the very first snap. That was Cameron Hayward, Cam Hayward, uh, you know, that's right. Tearing through the Bengals offensive line. And at that point, they were very much a work in progress. What they are now is I think a very good, very solid offensive line. I'm not going to say they're spectacular. I'm not going to say they're near perfect. They're not that, but they're certainly solid, much better than they were in week one. And in week one, they had trouble with the Steelers and Cam Hayward right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, talk about your welcome to the NFL moment for Cordell Volson. Yes. That was, that was really him there getting bulled by, by Cameron Hayward. And he has, he's played He's exceeded my expectations. I don't I don't know if Frank Pollock would say the same or Brian Callahan. I think they drafted him for a reason and they expected him to play this well. But um, you're right that that interior. I mean, most of the issues that they've had have been on the edge. Jonah has had his issues at time. Uh, Leo Collins has, has his issues at times. Alex Cap has been terrific. Ted Karras has been really good. And, and like I said, Cordell Olson has been better than I think most people expected. And um, that's what they had to fix. That's what Joe Burrow is. He, he feels like he can deal with the edge rushers. He can make that Correct. guy miss. That's that's his responsibility. Right. It's when the pocket gets pushed, when the pressure is up in his face, that's when he struggles. And so I think that has been a big part of 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 why we've seen this this team be able to to excel this, despite it's still a lot of sacks. I mean, he's still getting hit and he's still giving up the sacks, but they just, they haven't been the killers like they were last year. And um, they found something. They got the run game going a little bit. They've, they've got it an efficient run game, even before the Carolina uh, they weren't hitting the deep shots early, but now those are starting to come along. Um, 
it, it they, they always say it it always starts up front with the offensive line and what they've got from that interior has has i think been impressive if they can get lc and jonah to catch up this it it's going to be uh it's going to be a much more comfortable let's say second half for joe burrow I think really, Jay, what was most encouraging about what Joe Mixon did against Carolina right before the break is he got mojo going. And I think mm. kind of there was the message delivered that this team has not a given up on the run game and b given up on Joe Mixon. I think you're right. I think they're going to have to have uh, more out of Joe Mixon uh, than they even did in week one. And in week one, I went back, looked it up. He had, I believe, like 83 yards on 21 carries. It was a very representative type of performance, right around four yards um, carrying uh, a tote for uh, Joe Mixon in that uh, opening game. I think they're going to need that, maybe just a little bit more uh, from Joe Mixon in a game against the Steelers to try and neutralize, if you will, uh, that Pittsburgh pass rush, don't you think? Yeah, and I mean, this is this is on Zach Taylor as much as it is Joe Mixon because you've got to stick with it. You're, you're not going to do to the Steelers what you did to Carolina, and, yeah. and maybe it is tough sledding in the first quarter second quarter but Mixon has proved that he he we were all talking about had he lost a step he didn't look like it against Carolina it was it wasn't just the the holes were there yes but the explosion he showed getting through those and once right. he got to the second level and to to know that's still there you you have to stick with it knowing that one of those can pop at any time and um and then you do start feeding off of it I mean they feed off of Joe Joe feeds off of himself when he's got that energy going it's just a different offense and so yeah I, I that is going to be the key is is running the ball against this front four slowing down that pass rush and just I mean taking the taking the pressure off of Joe Burrow because we, we know what TJ Watt is but it, they've got so much more on that front line that that can be a problem and um yeah I feel like they can they the Bengals offense can do it one way or the other, but if you've got them, if you can do it one way and the other, that's, that's the ideal way to go. Yes. Use the, use the pass off of the run. Um, if the run's not there, don't just abandon it and run it eight times or 10 times like they did against Cleveland. Stick with it, ride it out. So I'm go That leads me neatly, Jay. Thank you. Into <laughs> my <wrong>. next, <laughs> my next question. <laughs> and that is with Jamar chase out. And I think personally, and I don't have any inside information on this, but I get the sense they're holding them until Kansas City the first week in December. I don't think well, he's certainly not going to play this week against Pittsburgh. I don't think he's going to make it back against Tennessee. He was still on crutches in the locker room when, he, when we saw him on Monday. Um, I think they're hopeful that they get him back for Kansas City and get him back for, you know, the final six games of the year. That would be, I think, the Bengals' optimistic uh, perspective of that. But in the meantime, while they're waiting for Jamar Chase to get back and get back as close to 100% as he can be, do you think uh, Jack Taylor and Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, are going to lean more on other receivers like Trent Taylor, Trent Irwin. We've we've even seen Stanley Morgan, Mike Thomas to pick up the slack. Or do you think we're going to see more in the running game as it gets colder? They're going to move 
little bit away from the pass game and more to the run game, even Samaj P. Ryan. Let's not forget Samaj P. Ryan and the role he's played in this offense, I think, has been important. What do you think it's going to be, Jay? Do you think it's going to be more running or more uh, receivers not named Jamar Chase getting into the action? Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, going back to what I said, if, if there's two teams that can get pressure on Joe with just the front four, it's Pittsburgh and then we all saw what Tennessee did with their front four in that playoff game last year. So I, I do, I, I think it's, it's going to be about the run game and leaning on that. I, I'm a big Trent Irwin fan. I'm a big Trent Taylor fan. I think those, every time those guys are called on, they make plays, but you're not going to, you're not going to live throwing those guys the ball. They're, they're nice pieces to mix in there every now and then, but it, it needs to be a heavier dose of, of Joe Mixon. And, and then if that, if the run does totally get shut down and they do abandon it, or if it gets to the point where they have no choice, but to abandon it, I don't think you're going to see that. Cause I don't think the Pittsburgh or Tennessee offense scares you where they're going to all of a sudden run away and force you into playing. But um, then, th but if something crazy like that does happen, then, then maybe they do have to start leaning on those other receivers some more, but I, I mean, there's a lot of teams that would kill for T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I, I think that's enough right there to, to carry this offense, especially when you got a guy like Joe Burrow um, and can't forget Hayden Hurst. And as you said, Samaj P Ryan is so valuable um, in pass protection. Maybe that's not as big of a deal against Tennessee and Pittsburgh because they're not going to bring a blitzer that often. But yeah, I, I think if you're, if you're talking the, the more important piece, I, I think it's going to be Joe Mixon and, you know, if, if we see Samaj P. Ryan get some more carries too, because I think he's earned it. He, he's terrific as a as a as a receiver out of the backfield, as a pass protector, but he runs the ball really well, and and he was running it well when Joe Mixon wasn't, and that's that's a light comparison. I mean, it's the same offensive line; it's it's within the same game, and he's running it better than Mixon. Um, I, I think he's earned a chance to run the ball some more. Do you think? That now I'm going to switch to the defensive side of the ball. Do you think that the Bengals secondary is strong enough to hold up the rest of the year? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think the Cheeto injury is far more impactful and, and concerning than the Jamar injury. And I think I, I might even say that if Jamar was out for the year, I, I just, you, you've got that there's better depth on the offensive side and you've got a guy in Joe Burrow that can put the team on his back and carry him. I don't know that that guy exists on defense. They've got a lot of terrific players over there. They've got a lot of leaders, um, but it, it's just, it's just the kind of the nature of what defense is. It's not, you don't have that one guy that can just kind of right. carry a defense and um, you know, Trey flowers was great in his role, but now if he's asked to play outside some more, um, that 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 didn't go very well in Cleveland. I am encouraged by Cam Taylor Britt. I, I think he's played really well uh, for for how much time he missed. They obviously were high on him. They took him in the in the second round. He he almost reminds me. This was before you were here, but when Jesse Bates came in as a rookie, um, second round pick, also like Cam Taylor Britt, and just had that that confidence about him that you don't see from young guys a lot. And Cam Taylor Britt's got that too. He's He's not anybody's backup for lack of a better phrase. He, he, he feels like he belongs. He's eager to show it. And uh, you would assume he's only going to get better the more reps he gets, but they are super thin back there. And especially yes. with Dax Hill nursing the shoulder injury right now, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, you know, maybe they can maintain as is, but, but one more injury back there, uh, it's going to be trouble. And, and the really interesting one that I didn't mention is Eli Apple. Because 
I, I, he's such a wild card and it really, I don't know if someone in the Bengals organization got to him, but he's really toned it down on Twitter. He's, he's, he's talked more in the locker room. He he says all the right things. It just, I think he kind of sees the, the writing that, you know, he, last year was on a one-year deal they bring him back on another cheap one-year deal if he wants to keep playing this league he's he's got to be a a team player for a lack of a better term you you don't want to be out there pissing off other fan bases and other teams and um i am interested to see how he's going to play the rest of the season because i do see some sort of a a pivot in his personality well uh as the bengals face their next eight games their their gantlet as you corrected me <laughs> off there, their gantlet of eight games coming up. It really begins in earnest against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do believe that the Bengals can get through the next two games with just an average to a little bit of above average secondary play, but they're mm-hmm. going to have to really pick it up. And that's when I think they're going to need Dax Hill really back is again for the Kansas City game, kind of like we talked about with Jamar mm-hmm. Chase. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna make sure Dax Hill is a hundred percent or as close to a hundred percent as he's going to be at this time of year, I say save him for Kansas City. And I think that's because they're just there's gonna be so many weapons on the field, even without Tyreek Hill there. The Kansas City Chiefs has shown and Patrick Mahomes have shown, has shown that he can spread the ball around and that offense is as dynamic as ever. And not that I'm previewing Kansas City, uh, right. you know, three weeks ahead of, of the actual event, but you do have to have an eye toward the future. The Bengals are going to say, Zach Taylor's going to say, and I understand it. It's one game at a time. Our biggest game is Pittsburgh this week. Mm. Of course that's true. But when you're Duke Tobin and laying out this roster going forward, you do have to keep that in mind. Yeah, because you know, I, I think Pittsburgh and Tennessee are both going to give the Bengals a heavy day, dose of run. Um, the, the, the Steelers have found something in Jalen Warren. Uh, they're mixing him in with Najee Harris. Everybody knows what Derrick Henry is. The, the Chiefs really have shown no interest in running the ball. They they do it every now and then, but they are what they are. And um, so you're right. I, I think they can get by without Dax in these next two games. And that's another area where uh, Cam Taylor Britt can really shine because he is a physical corner and he likes sticking his nose in there and getting dirty in the run game. Um, so even if they're not throwing the ball as much, that's another chance for him to take a step forward. Right. But yeah, Dax, I would, I would agree with you. And I, I, that's one of the biggest surprises for me this year. I really thought we were going to see this uh, Swiss army knife chess piece. Uh, I thought we were going to see a whole lot more of Dax Hill. And I don't think that's been some part of a grand plan to, to save him for later in the year for offenses like Kansas city, but the Cheeto injury and some other circumstances kind of dictate it. And he's, they're going to need him uh, in that game particularly. Okay. I want to get on to DJ reader. I wrote this in my Bengals beat for CLNS media for today when uh tuesday as we record this and i there were two times that dj reader's absence really stuck out to me one was against the baltimore ravens on the last drive of the game where lamar jackson was able to do whatever he wanted to get down the field to get in position for the game-winning field goal the other was at the end of the first half when the bengals were already uh without uh, Cheeto Wuzier when he went out of the game with the injury. 
it looked like Nick Chubb really took over the game. And in that final 15 yards before their first touchdown, and actually I believe it was an 11-yard touchdown run, the Bengals just looked like they were eviscerated in the middle of the defensive line. There was nothing there. And then on the two-point conversion, it was a direct snap to Nick Chubb. And I'm like, if DJ Reader is in the game at those moments, I think he makes a difference. I think he's going to make a difference coming back, assuming everything goes well in practice this week and his left knee tests out fine. I think he's a difference maker, a huge difference maker. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Um, you, 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 that that Chubb touchdown, I mean, he just slammed it right up the middle and just stuck his helmet into B.J. Hill's chest and and kind of carried B.J. into the end zone. I don't. You're right. If D, if D.J. Reader's in there, I don't think that's the 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 path that he takes, or maybe even the play call that they make. And the the Baltimore game was a little different because it's just you're in a tough spot there. It's it's two minute offense or two minute defense you're playing, and you're you're expecting the other team to throw it. That's what teams do when they need to go down and get a score, and they. Baltimore has that dynamic weapon in Lamar Jackson and they, the Bengals are really on their heels there. I'm not sure maybe how not. much DJ. Yeah. Would have been there, but um, it, it, he's going to be a huge lift and it's, it's, it's the plays he makes, but it's also the plays he creates because he eats up so much attention and it frees up the other guys. And let's not forget. I mean, they voted that guy a captain for a reason. He he means a lot to this team and you can see that even his first year here, when he got hurt in the fifth game, uh, he suffered the quad injury. It was pretty apparent when he was down on the the field that that he, it was going to be a season ender, and you could just feel the life go out of that the, this team and um, the respect and the admiration he has for everybody in that locker room. I just just seeing him out there, regardless of how he plays, it's going to give this team a huge lift to see him back. But I I do expect to see him play like the old DJ reader. Uh, and I do expect that to happen right away this Sunday. Do you buy into the fact that he was playing at a level that was even higher than Aaron Donald? I mean, I b- believe it was pro football focus that had him rated for whatever it was first month of the year, higher than Aaron Donald. He was that good to start this season. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of different. I mean, he's, he does have some, some pass rush ability to him. Um, and he was playing, he was, rushing the passer really well but it's just I mean Aaron Donald's one of the best of all time and you know you throw in what DJ can do against the run as well I think what was DJ I think he was the third highest graded PFF uh, defensive tackle at that point of the injury I'm not sure where Aaron Donald was um I didn't watch enough Rams film early to to make that I mean it sounds crazy to say Jay we're having this discussion and putting him in the conversation with Aaron Donald to me tells me what kind of value DJ reader brings. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's not just guys on this team and the coaches on this team pumping him up. I mean, it's ever you, the coaches on the other team and you, you read the stories when the upfront, the opponent, they're getting ready to play and they're all talking about DJ reader and, and how good he is and what an impact he is. Um, I'm, I'm surprised because you hear that and I'm surprised that he hasn't been to a pro bowl yet because he clearly has everyone's respect in the league. It's just a matter of, of getting some fans on board. And if, if he can play in these final eight games, the way he played in those first three games, then, then maybe it finally happens for him this year. Kevin Huber, Drew Chrisman, who you got? And and how's that story play out? Well, I play, it's going to be Chrisman, I feel, at some point, but not this week. I mean, they if they were moving on, Huber wouldn't have been here yesterday. 
they would have made they, right. there was no point of having him come in for a, a one hour walk through they would have just cut the ties they had enough time last week over the the bye week when they were evaluating everything to make right. the decision um so I, I think i think huber gets one more shot um you know if unless he has just a great game if he has one bad punt it, it follows the the theme that we've seen and i i think they they make the move he's he's on the shortest of short leashes um but yeah i think it's huber gets the call uh this week it's not going to be some thing where they swap him where they make chrisman active and they put huber on the practice squad um if if they're gonna make the move they have to make a clean break and and they can't have huber lingering looking over chrisman's shoulder the way chrisman is right now looking over huber's um and i i do i expect it to happen at some point this year but just not not sunday it's still going to be huber on sunday and if they move forward with drew chrisman it's for good like this is not going to be volleyball back and forth you don't think unless he unless it just goes awful because no one's picking up kevin huber and he's a he's a five minute drive from the stadium. So if, right. if something goes crazy or injury, they, I mean, it yeah, or injury. So if, if they pick up the phone and call, yeah, he'd be crazy not to come back and have another shot at winning a ring and playing in his hometown and all those kind of things. I don't think there would be any hard feelings. 14 years working with Darren Simmons. There's just such crazy respect between those two um, that if if it wouldn't be a finality if, if they cut him, but it would it would take something really 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 go wrong as far as christmas performance or his health for huber to come back bengals go five and three in their final eight games that puts them exactly where they were last year Mm -hmm. 10 and seven if those if three of the five games that they win let's say are all divisional wins i think they win the division i don't i think i think baltimore wins this division easy they're 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 playing well that that schedule is a cakewalk I mean, I don't have it here in front of me, but I've looked right. at it. And I mean, they just, it it would take a big collapse. We, we, we do this AFC North whip around. We're all four riders in the division. Uh, we ask a, four questions each week. And one of the ones last week was, um, you know, is, is the division over? Uh, how much do you think Baltimore will win the division by if you think it is over? And, and I said, they win it by at least three games. I just, I, I don't see. I don't see the Bengals winning enough games to make it competitive. And I don't see the the Ravens losing enough games to, to stumble. So um, just to go over the Ravens schedule, because I think everybody knows what the Bengals schedule is mm. the rest of the way. Um, the Ravens schedule is a uh, home game this weekend against Carolina win road game at Jacksonville win home game against Denver win road game at Pittsburgh. Toss up road game at Cleveland win home game against the Falcons on Christmas Eve is a win. I mean, even I am like there's Atlanta will be wrapping their gifts unless, unless the Falcons somehow are on the tail of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they last that long. That's kind of a wild card game to me, an X factor game to me, but I, at home in Baltimore, Christmas Eve, that has Ravens all over it. Next week uh, is New Year's Day. That is home against the Steelers. That's a win. Mm-hmm. And then Bengals. at Paycor Stadium to finish yeah. out the season against the Bengals. It's going to be tough for the Bengals to pull this off. I will say this, you know, 
I don't know what you thought of the Monday night game, Jay, the the commanders rising up and beating the Philadelphia Eagles in Mm. Philadelphia. That serves as a reminder that anything indeed can happen any given Saturday in the NFL. I say that for the pun, for the viral tweet, a tweet, <laughs> a tweet that went nuts on uh, Sunday after Jeff Saturday, yeah. the Colts tool win in Las Vegas, any given Saturday or Sunday, um, any team can rise up and have a great day. But that being said, I would say it looks pretty bleak unless the Bengals go on a seven in one run to close out the season. And if that's the case, then that then the last game of the year is going to decide the division. That's the Bengals' hope, I guess. Yeah, even that I'm not sure because if they finish tied with the Ravens, the best they would be is three and three in the division. And I don't, I can't see the Ravens being worse than four and two in the division. So even if they split the head to head, the Ravens would get the the tiebreaker. So they're they're the Bengals are actually going to have to finish ahead of the Ravens to, to win the division. And it, it sounds crazy the way we're just. The way I'm talking about it is is being over because it's a one game lead right now. But you just you look at that Ravens schedule and you look at how hard the Bengals is. And I just I, I I'm with you. I, I think the Bengals at least go five and three. And I did predict that they would sweep the the AFC North on the second half of it going through the division. Um, but they're I, I they're going to have to win a road playoff game uh, or a bunch of them because I, I think they're going into the playoffs. If they go in, it's going to be as a wild card. And to me, what's it's really going to come down to is the game on Christmas Eve for the Bengals in New England at mm. my old home. Yeah, my old stomping runs. That's going to be a critical game uh, because I do think the Patriots Patriots have a tough schedule coming up. Um, they have, I believe, the Bills twice, the Jets once, the Dolphins mm. again. That's going to be a tough schedule for them. But the Patriots will be playing for their playoff lives. The Bengals will be playing for their playoff lives. That could be a epic Christmas Eve game at Gillette. Yeah, because they what the, the Patriots have the Jets this week, and then they turn around and play on Thanksgiving, and then they do Thursday the following week, and they do. They have a tough schedule. At Minnesota that Thanksgiving at, night. Yes, yes. Um, I don't have any stats to back this up, but I just it feels to me those when when games fall on Christmas weekend that the road teams have an advantage. Cause it's just them together in a hotel focused on the game. Whereas the home team has family and all these other things to worry about. So I, I do think that that's um, if, if there is a good spot to have to go to new England and try to beat Bel- Bill Belichick, then, then maybe Christmas Eve is it. What are you working on on the athletic? Anything you want to promote Jay? Um, not yet. We uh, we've got some few things under wraps, but I, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to yep. put them out there yet. Understood. But, um, uh, we we did just record our Joe Burrow sewed uh, an entire episode uh, dedicated to Joe Burrow and and what he's been in the first half and what we expect him to be in the second half. And um, it's uh, it, it turned out really really interesting. Some of the numbers we dug up and uh, talked to a, an old. Only the hardest of Bengals fans are going to remember this name, J.T. O'Sullivan. Oh, um, yes, is sure. a former Bengals backup. And he is now he has a quarterback school and he's become a, you know, one of those go to guys that you can talk to about quarterbacks play. So uh, he's on the podcast uh, conversation with Paul Daner. And um, yeah, we've, we've got Carson some, Palmer teams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, interesting. One of the things that uh, the the most sacks in the first nine games of a season 
Uh, JT O'Sullivan had 32 and Joe Burrow had 32 his rookie year. And that's not the most as uh, I believe it was 25th most in the league. But when I was look, digging up that number, I just thought it was ironic that those two guys had the exact same number. By the way, nobody digs up numbers better than you do, Jay. <laughs> you are the expert and you're the presidential scholar in that category on our beat in our media workroom. I just want to throw that out there. Well, I appreciate that. It's the nerd in me. I've loved numbers when I was, you know, you do those uh, aptitude tests when you're in high school and they they tell you what you would be best to go into. And I think English was at the bottom of the list and math was at the top, but <laughs> math, uh, it just, it bored me. I, I, I was good at it, but uh, now I love it. I, I really do wish I would have taken some more math classes because, uh, Maybe I'd be working in analytics somewhere instead of just writing about it. Well, the electrical engineer in me appreciates all of your <laughs> analytical work. Well, Jay Morris, you. he is a great writer covering the Cincinnati Bengals and the National Football League for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at jmorrisonath, all one word. Bengals have a big game coming up. We'll both be there in pittsburgh covering it for our representative outlets jay for the athletic and me for clnsmedia.com of course follow me on youtube at the jungle roar podcast please click on the link below and leave me all your comments good bad and indifferent download the jungle roar podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast he is jay morrison thanks a lot jay for joining me my name is mike petralia and thanks for watching this episode of the Jungle Roar podcast.